congratulations. We're thrilled to welcome you to Reward Style, a one-of-a-kind community of premium influencers. This email is your first step to getting started and becoming a part of the community. You might be confused right now. You're like, Reward Style rejected her. She was all sad about that. Well, through the magic of being a journalist who writes about things, I begged them and they let me in. So today, I'm getting started. This moment right here is the beginning of my whole new life as an influencer, which means it's time for me to actually start making some of that shoppable content that I've been talking so much about. Just like everything else in life, the more consistent you are, the more results you'll see. In fact, reward style influencers who post at least once a day can increase their earnings by four times, which means more money in your pocket. And who doesn't want that? I do want that. I'm fucking doing this. I'm going to influence people on Instagram. I'm going to post a picture and find a way to make money off of it. Because that is what an influencer does. And if I can't make money off this, then it's not a business. For my first mission, I am going to try to wrangle my child into plastic water shoes from Target. Hey, man. Then I'm going to take a picture of those water shoes and hope someone buys it so I can make a commission of 73 cents. Easy, right? Hey, come, come here. Where's your, where are your water shoes? I don't know. Hi. Hey, come back here. Can we put them on? No. Come on. Don't throw the shoe. Charles, don't throw the shoe. Put the shoe on. No, can you put the shoes on? No, oh, there's the other one. Hey, can I take a photo? Photo? Photo. In this episode, I'm going to give you a step-by-step guide to crafting the perfect influencer post. Except I really don't know what I'm doing, so I crowdsourced every influencer I've ever spoke to. I'm heavy on outfit coordination. A long, in-depth caption, especially if it's something that I'm kind of pouring my heart out about. Hashtags are huge. The lighting is good. You have to make sure you're not in rough lighting. Ten times out of ten, we're either going to be matching or... Directed the right way, and you have to make sure that... But once you post, uh, you can't just walk away because you want to engage back with the people who engage in your comments. So it's like all of this just for one picture. deep breath. There is so much more to do than I expected. I just gotta do it. Come on, Piazza. You've got this, mama. I'm Joe Piazza, and we are all under the influence. Chapter 5. If you build it, they will come. When you get accepted to reward style, you get a lot of homework. All the tools you need to be a successful influencer. Check out both the Influencer Welcome Packet and the LTK Beginner's Guide attached to this email. These are your go-to reference guides for getting started. This was a fatter syllabus than I got in all of my economics classes at the University of Pennsylvania. And it was way more prep than I got my first day working at the New York Daily News. Back then, they just tossed me a pack of cigarettes and a Metro card and said, go forth, young lady, and report. 
So we're starting this process. Step one, find something to take a picture of that someone will pay you money for. So you're in. Does this make up for not getting into actual Harvard? No, I am actually still pretty bitter. But I will tell you, no offense, Harvard, but I think this might be harder. (laughs) But what happens now? Once you're a big time influencer, brands come to you and then you get paid a lump sum, like a, just a giant sack of cash for a post because the brands know that your audience is already good, that it will convert into sales. But no one knows who the hell I am. I'm a peon. So I need reward style to help me get to these brands. In your Instagram, you can link to a product that reward style has already approved and you'll get a percentage of that sale every time someone buys something. Okay. Here's the problem. So the more expensive the item that you're featuring, the more you make. But almost all of my kids' clothes are hand-me-downs that I got from someone else or they're from Target. The only thing in my house that I could find that was on reward style was this Target toddler water shoe, a sandal. And I just have to hope that someone clicks a link and makes 73 cents. Okay. I just want to get this straight. You get a pair of shoes from Target. You take a picture of Charlie wearing the shoes. People see Charlie in the shoes and click on the link and purchase the shoes. And you get 73 cents every time someone purchases the shoes from your photo. Yes. Okay. If 1000 people do that, you are making as much money as you would for, let's say, a 750-word essay. Sure. Maybe one article for the New York Times, right? On a good day. (laughs) Okay, so wait, have you done this? I did it. I posted a picture of the water sandals. The conundrum here is if like 5,000 of your followers purchased that from that one photo, then that's not a bad haul. But are 5,000 of your 7,000 followers purchasing these shoes? Nobody bought them. Nobody? I don't think I did it right on reward style or like to know it probably because they gave me 11 pages of information on how to do it. And I thought I could just skim it. (laughs) That feels completely reasonable to me, by the way. I really don't think that I took a very good picture. It's impossible to take a picture of a toddler. They're they're just kind of assholes and they're very wiggly. They're very fast. Don't don't throw the shoe. Charles, don't throw the shoe. Put the shoe on. Okay, but I'm curious to know in their 11 pages, what does reward style say is a good picture? They offer an entire photography class on their website. Wow. And they will teach you how to use a fancy DSLR camera, which costs more than a grand. So I just use my phone. But talking to other influencers, I learned the first dirty little secret of influencing. What is the dirty little secret? I'm here for gossip always. A lot of these professional influencers, they're hiring professional photographers once a week or once a month. Wow. That has to be expensive. I'm just assuming. It would be a lot of clicks on water sandals. I can tell you that. (laughs) It's an army of water sandals. You have got to feed this beast. And that is step two. Take a beautiful picture. The photo has to be so beautiful that you want to touch it. There's a physicality involved here. I need to find a photographer who can make people want to touch my life. 
So I started calling around to photographers to find out how much that kind of thing was going to cost me. So for bloggers, my rate is $200 for an hour. The typical cost for me is $185 per hour. And that includes editing and sending all the images digitally and doing all of that. That first quote, $200 an hour, that came from Ali Provost. The second one came from a woman named Carter Fish. Both of them are photographers who now make a full-time living shooting influencers in New York City. Yes, influencer photographer is now a full-time job. Influencer photographer is the new wedding photographer. What I learned talking to these ladies and what you're about to hear made me look at influencer Instagrams completely differently. And here's the good part. It made me feel a hell of a lot better about my own life. See, when we're scrolling Instagram, when we're on the infinite scroll where it feels like our eyes are taped open, we just assume that everyone takes pictures like we do in the moment. But no, a lot of influencers, not all, but a lot of them, hire a photographer to come once a week or once a month to shoot seven or 30 days of content in a single day. They change outfits, hairstyles, locations. Most influencers come to the shoe and they think they know what they want, but then I will obviously show them on my camera, like, okay, this is what this looks like. And if they hate it, you have to be able to, on the spot, be like, let's try this, do this differently. You have to wear a few different hats during a shoot. That's Carter again. Per hour, I would say on average, I take about 1,300 photos. And with kids, you kind of need to shoot more than less because... One's usually smiling. If there's multiple, one's not. A lot of parents and influencers will give their kids like an incentive. Like, if you do this really well, like by the end, like we'll go get ice cream or something. So they always need something to look forward to and something on hand that will make them happy. <laughs> so so bribe, you're saying bribery usually works. Bribery, yes, 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 yes. There's something so refreshing and kind of a relief about that because I look at a lot of influencer pictures and I'm like, oh my God, their kids look so fucking well-behaved <laughs> like it's not that well-behaved and to know that there's a doll in someone's pocket like I, I used to put bacon in my pocket to make my dog behave in Central Park like this is like pocket bacon but for kids and I feel so much better about my life knowing this <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I can say that in some way any of the influencers children I've worked with are just normal kids like I know online it looks like that and that's my job to kind of make it seem how they want it to seem. But behind closed doors, every, every child is the same. Every photographer I talked to mentioned these extra roles they have to fill, that this job is way more time consuming than even their clients expect. Here's Allie Provost again. She walked me through all the work that goes into editing the pictures, taking out the snot, the garbage, the triple chins. In reality, the editing and processing of the images probably takes a little bit longer than actually capturing the images at the shoot. If a shoot took an hour, it could probably end up taking two hours to three hours on the back end in total if I chose and edited all the images. Wow. That's a lot of work. That's a lot. It, it's a lot of work that goes into one picture. And depending on how nitpicky I can be, if there's trash on the ground, I'll get rid of trash. 
you're a part-time babysitter, you're a picture wizard, you make the world look yeah. better. You're Leonardo da Vinci. I just want you to call yourself Leonardo da Vinci from now on. It is very funny. One of my jokes, though, that I say to some clients, they'll be like, what if we did this? And I said, nobody told Picasso how to paint. So let me do my job. There is so much work going into these pictures. It's a magazine. Vogue people. When I worked in magazines, I worked with a lot of sleazy dudes. Sleazy men always got the good jobs. I was on one fashion photo shoot when this middle-aged guy photographer asked a model if he could shave her legs with a straight razor in front of everyone. And friends, she said yes. She said yes because she was afraid to say no. And then he asked to shave her kitty. He said the word kitty. Gross. And therefore, I am so fucking happy that women are getting these jobs. And I am going to hire one of them. Yep. When we get back from the break, I'm hiring a lady photographer to make my family Vogue-worthy. Or at least Instagram-worthy. Or at least... worthy. (laughs) I really need some people to buy some shit from me. We are still on step two. Take a beautiful picture. Because I needed beautiful pictures, I hired a photographer to take a week of content for me. Down in Philly, influencer photographer is not really a full-time job, but I hired a wonderful journalistic and portrait photographer named Andrea Cipriani, who charged me $500 for a three-hour photo shoot. Now I am $500 in the red. If you can do math, that means I have to sell 684.9 pairs of Target water shoes. But I also need to find more things for us to wear. If you've ever looked at Instagram, you know that matching pajamas are a thing. They're a big, big deal. And the queen of matching pajamas is this brand called Hannah Anderson. To buy matching pajamas for the entire family costs about $300. So now we are $800 in the hole. We have a lot of money to make up now, guys. That is 1,095 water shoes. Andrea, the photographer, was scheduled to come over on a Saturday morning. Remember Saturday mornings when you were single? So fun, relaxing, you like laid in bed all day. Saturday mornings in my house are chaos. They suck. I meant to clean the house, but that plan went straight to hell. So I just figured when Andrea got there, I'd be like, shoot around all of my messy shit. All I had to do in my messy house was wrangle my kids into these pajamas. Oh, I've got the matching jammies. Why? Don't you want to match me and Daddy? No. Why? I don't like those ones because they're too soft. I don't like soft jammies. Charlie agreed to put pajamas on, just not ones that match the rest of us. All he wanted was to be a little different. Not off to a great start. And I still had to prepare Nick for the day in store for us. You're not. Okay, so when Andrea gets here, we're going to do family jammy shoot. Yes. And she's going to shoot seven days of influence content. But meaning we do what? I don't, we have to change outfits seven times. Oh, dear Lord. All right. Well, very well. As you wish. When Nick says, as you wish, which he has done to me since our first date, I think of Wesley from The Princess Bride. And I love my husband all over again. 
I went outside to try to explain to Andrea what we needed for this photo shoot. Usually for something like this, Andrea would have a whole crew, at least an assistant to like hold some lights or something, but I couldn't afford that. But like the good client that Carter taught me to be, I did come up with a plan. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hey, Andrea. So we're going to try for seven days of content. Okay. So I'm going to try seven different outfits. Awesome. We're going to start in matching jammies. I love it. And I think we should start outside. And I think something funny would be reservoir dog style, walking down the street. Totally. In matching pajamas. Okay, like right, like right here. Perfect. Right yep. here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we got started. Three of us in Hannah Anderson matching Christmas pajamas. Charlie in his plaid Target pajamas. Come on. Let's Who, go. Whose child is this? Go, outside. She's wearing the wrong jammies. And everything went surprisingly well. Okay, everybody look here. Oh, there, I love it. Love it. Everybody marching in a line. Here she comes. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Then we went inside. Everybody on the bed. And mom and dad, you guys are just happy, relaxing. This is your morning this routine. This is our morning routine. This is what we do. <laughs> it was a lot of fun for about an hour. And then everyone was over it. And that's when it started to feel like work. And we still had six days of content to go. The chaos set in and my family started dropping like flies. Surprisingly, Nick was the first to go. Do I have to change or can I wear these all day? <laughs> you done? That's it? I don't know. And then we started shooting some product photos in the bathroom. Charlie lashed out and dumped all his plastic animals in the sink. While I panicked, Andrea somehow kept her cool. And finally, B made a run for it. B! B! She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, 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 get back here, get back here. Beep. Beba. We eventually finish and got about two and a half days of content. It's a cliche to be like, it all ended in tears, but it did. It really ended in tears. I was so tired. I mean, it was exhausting, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Part three. Posting the picture. You can't post your photo right away. You might think you can. You know, the way that Emily in Paris does it, just taking a picture of any old croissant and uploading it. There it is. That is not real life, my friends. You've got to edit that shit. Crop it, apply some filters, fade out your double chins. So Andrea and I had to go through the photos, thousands of photos, and pick the best ones. And then I had to choose a filter. Every influencer I talked to said the key is to stick with just one filter to make your life look the same every single day. And we are not talking about just the basic Instagram filters. No, 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 no. Do not be an amateur. Influencers use something called presets. These are predefined photo settings, and some of the top influencers, they will actually sell you their presets so that you can attain the exact amount of pink-hued perfection that they have. These cost between $20 and $250.
So before you ask, let me just answer your question. Yes, I spent $100 on a preset that will brighten my photos, slightly alter the colors, and hopefully give me a nose drop. If you're keeping track, I've spent $900 on this influencer project. That's... I don't even know how many fucking water shoes that is. Now it's time to write your caption. To make yourself even more discoverable, be sure to use keywords in your caption. The more detailed, the better. This part, also, right here, sure this should have been easy. Because this is my actual job, writing words. But this is a different kind of writing than what I'm used to. To make sure I was heading in the right direction, I made a phone call. I always say, like, think about it as if you're texting a friend. What would I text my best friend from college if I sent her this picture? There's Amber Venn's box again, reward style founder and president. I called her when I couldn't figure out to write. So you're trying to build a relationship with someone so that they know you more intimately and so that they feel like you are giving them more access because ultimately the best influencers are the big sister or the best friend. On top of finding the right tone, there's a lot of strategy to captions. I talked to one woman about it. Danya Nagara is a micro-influencer who's just starting to pick up some steam. She has almost 6,000 followers, but a lot of engagement on her account. And she told me that she's building her audience through hashtags. Hashtags are huge. Um, that helped me get found for so many opportunities. Um, I received so many brands saying, hey, I found you through the Black Moms hashtag. <laughs> and so it's just crazy because I didn't have that many followers, but my profile stood out the most. And so they just chose me. So you, you really have to put your face on the map because social media is a huge place. There's so many people on there. I'm so daunted by hashtags. I have no idea what hashtags to use. What should I be tagging? Is tagging even the right word anymore? Oh, yeah, Adele, that's a great word. Um, you know, when it comes to hashtags, and I honestly fell into this category as well, well, we think that you have to use hashtags that have millions of people on there already. But when it comes to making a post, you need to zone in on a hashtag that has between 30K to uh, at most 500K. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's good to kind of zone it down where the audience is still big, but you still have a chance to be to be seen. This makes sense, right? Let's think of each hashtag as an individual market. You want a market that's not completely saturated so that you'll be a small fish in a big pond. The smaller it is, the bigger fish you are. Marketing 101. Tina Meeks is another influencer that I begged for advice. She is killing it. Through her Instagram account, her life sparkles, and her influencing coaching business, she made like $300,000 last year. And she explained caption writing in a way that resonated with me. It's a double-edged sword. Some people bear their souls in the name of being authentic. And it's like, girl, you should have kept that to yourself. <laughs> I'm like, why did you put that on the internet? You know, you can't delete it, right? I do want to make sure that I'm relatable, but not so relatable that I feel like I have to sell my soul for the internet. There's just some things that you can keep to yourself. <laughs> you have to draw the line somewhere or the internet will own you. I talked to one woman who actually wrote a novel about influencers, and she describes the captions as writing in the, quote, style of honesty. I love that. What I think that means is that you have to thread the needle between real and too real. Too gross, too messy. A little bit of poop, not a lot of poop. A little bit of breast milk, not a lot of breast milk. Also, never talk about your vagina. Okay. I'm doing this. I'm writing this caption. <sighs> All right, here I go. So the holidays might suck this year, 
but matching jammies, those don't suck. <laughs> or I could say this like I was writing a news article. You might think matching jammies are the lamest. No, matching jammies are all the rage this year. That's my head hitting the wall. I need a cookie. I have writer's block for maybe the first time in my entire life. I need an editor. I like it when the microphone on the screen covers this part of my face, because this part of my face is what I've been finding problematic lately. I'm losing, I'm losing my neck. Isn't it early to be losing my neck? Nora Afron said 43, and uh, I have to say that even though the rest of my face seems to be holding up reasonably well, my neck, I was almost at like exactly 43. When I go like this, you can see it. It's right here. <laughs> Are we recording? <laughs> yeah. This might be the first time in my life that I've ever gotten writer's block. For what? For trying to write these Instagram captions. Okay. I'm a person that doesn't get writer's block because I worked for tabloid newspapers for so long where the editor said, write 800 words by 4 p.m. or you're fired. Everything that I write seems really cheesy and lame and not true. Maybe because I'm trying to mirror other, other influencers' content. And maybe because I do really just want to tell the true story of this photo shoot, which is we have these matching pajamas, which even though they're kind of lame, I love them. And seeing them on my whole family made me so stupidly happy and then miserable because my kids were fucking miserable. And then I get the pictures back and I, I feel so warm and fuzzy and happy because the pictures are capturing only the delights. I actually think that's your caption. These photos brought me delight and joy and happiness. The kids hated them. And I felt like I was making them work in a factory, making them work in a factory. However, I also want them to remember their childhoods as joyful too. I think the solution to this is like, you know, exactly what these pictures represent to you. And when you talk it out, it is so clear that what you're telling me is what you're actually experiencing. Maybe that was it. That was the caption. Here we go. Taking matching jammy pictures was not the strangest thing I did this year, and I felt a little cheesy, and it all ended in tears. But at the end of the day, I love these pictures, and they make me happy in a weird and often depressing, terrible year. I miss all of you, and I can't wait to hug, smooch, karaoke, and drink indoors with all of you again. Hashtag Hannah Jams. Hashtag LTK family. Hashtag ad break. I haven't wanted to be liked this much since middle school. It's true. I have not cared about people liking me since about the sixth grade. But now I care again because on Instagram, likes matter. Likes matter a lot. But what matters even more than likes is engagement. Engagement is a big thing for micro-influencers. Now remember, in the strata of influencers, those are the influencers who have between 1,000 and 100,000 followers. I got 7,000. I'm like a nano. And this is step four. Grow your engagement. Or rather, trick people into liking you and talking to you on Instagram. Now, I called an expert, Tammy Neely, She's the VP of Talent Engagement for the agency Find Your Influence. And she talked to me through what engagement on social media actually means. 
Now, how do influencers get paid? So influencers negotiate a rate, and that is often based on their total followers. And then on top of that engagement rate. So when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're seeing something and you scroll and you scroll, you might like it, but like it, that's kind of a vanity metric, if you ask me. What a true engagement rate is, is if I stop and I post a comment. So I see someone posting something with a new pair of sneakers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those are so great. I might comment on there and say, what other colors do they come in? Or can you buy those at Macy's or Nordstrom's? And that's a real engagement. And so influencers can set their rates based on what that engagement looks like. And to be totally candid, when you think about an engagement rate, like, oh, wow, what could that number be? Honestly, between three and 4% is a very, very good engagement rate. All right. I I just opened my Instagram. I've got 7,900 followers um, who are pretty engaged. So let's do the math. Um, 7,900 followers, 283 likes. So we're not counting likes, right? We only count engagements. A like is an engagement. A like is an engagement. Okay. All right. So... 283 likes. I'm just, hold on. I'm not good at math. So I have to, open. how many, how many comments are on, are there? 10. Okay. So add 10 to your likes. Okay. So hold on. I'm really, I can't even do math on a calculator. <laughs> so my engagement rate is 3.7%. Yep. Where, where, where am I in the spectrum? Well, if the average is between three and 4%, you're just ahead of the middle. Just ahead of the middle. I mean, do I have enough followers and engagement to be an influencer on your platform? Like, am I a micro-influencer? You are a micro-influencer. Hi, nice to meet you. Oh, I'm Joe Piazza, micro-influencer. You may have heard of me. Now, say you don't have a very engaged audience. Say your audience doesn't like what you do. Mine doesn't always like what I do. In fact, as I've tried to become an influencer, I get a lot of direct messages from my friends being like, you fake ass bitch. So say you don't have a very engaged audience or you want a more engaged audience to help boost your rates. There's a hack for that. This whole world may be about authenticity and growing your audience authentically, but there is a cheat code, comment pods. Essentially, it's just a group of influencers who like and comment on each other's posts to make it seem like you're getting more attention. They're a dirty little secret, and no one really likes to talk about them, but I did get Danya to talk to me about how she used hers. It is a little bit overwhelming, and you kind of see how the big influencers are benefiting off of it in this kind of creepy. (laughs) Oh, tell, tell me about that. I don't know. Once I found the comment pods, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Because in order to get into the comment pods, you have to follow a certain amount of people. So everyone that's that started the page, it's usually a group of moms. And when you go on their page, they have 50, at least 50 to 100K. At the end of the day, it's boosting these big influencers. Now you can pay to get into a comment pod. The going rate's between 30 and $100 a week. Or there's an application process for like the fancier pods. This is like the sorority of Instagram. So they'll have a post that say 200 likes. So if you comment on that post, 200 or at least 199 other 
people will comment on there. And that's the maximum. Once it hits 200, that maxes out. And by the end of that day, you have 24 hours to reciprocate whatever that is. So if it's 200 likes, you have to reciprocate those. And then there, there can be another post that says, likes and comments or likes and saves. There's different types of posts that you can engage in just to boost up your posts if you if you'd like. So if if is it quid pro quo? So if you give 200 likes, you get 200 likes back. Yes. So for instance, if you're on that feed and you happen to be the 200th comment on there, it locks in. So that means you are guaranteed 200 likes on that post that you um, placed in there. Now, there are some people who don't reciprocate and they literally have a back end of an Excel sheet. They're monitoring all of that. So there's sometimes people get blocked or kicked out. If they don't reciprocate, you usually get like three strikes (laughs) if they catch you doing it. It's kind of like that push, you know, it's giving you that push to push you out there Mm -hmm. because we're all just trying to boost our own platforms. And Mm -hmm. then once you don't need it, I've heard of moms that just don't, they don't need it, they don't rely on it anymore. And so they just stop using it. I was way too embarrassed to ask Danya how to get into one of the comment pods that she's used. I started to ask, but then it felt kind of like asking someone the number of their shrink or their Botox doctor. And I was just like, oh, there has to be another way. So instead of getting into a comment pod, I just texted 20 of my friends and I begged them to comment on my picture. That went okay. The picture ended up getting almost 400 likes, which is about 200% more than most pictures that I post. My most likes, and I want you to think about what your most liked photos on Instagram are. My engagement announcement, my pregnancy announcement, and my dog dying. It's what people like. Weddings, babies, dead dogs. I have been in this game for a month now, broadcasting my life on the internet and trying to get paid for it. It's changing my brain. It reminds me of something Susan Sontag wrote about how photos make us see ourselves and the world differently. We learn to see ourselves photographically. To regard oneself as attractive is precisely to judge that one would look good in a photograph. Photographs create the beautiful and over generations of picture taking, use it up. Whatever the moral claims made on behalf of photography, its main effect is to convert the world into a department store or a museum without walls in which every subject is depreciated into an article of consumption, promoted into an item for aesthetic appreciation. Sontag, that brilliant fucking woman, was talking about the photo as the item of consumption. But now photos on Instagram actually contain items that can be consumed and bought. You can literally consume the diaper bag and the blankets and the matching pajamas in the photo. Literally nothing I own is commissionable, shoppable. After the rush of that successful post, there was a crash. It reminded me of coming down off a wedding high. After months of curating and organizing and thinking about this one day, and then actually achieving that day. And I mean, I felt like I was on good drugs all day long. But then I crashed hard on my honeymoon because it was over. Same thing now. I'm exhausted. I feel exposed. And funnily enough, I kind of feel dirty, which seems like it should be impossible. 
because I did some dirty shit back in the day as a celebrity gossip columnist. But this feels different. And I think that's because I'm putting myself out there instead of putting other people out there. I'm not going to lie to you. This is fucking hard. And I'm exhausted. I need help. Step five. Avoid burnout. All right, cool. I'm hitting record. So if we could start out, just tell me your name, who you are, and what you do. Sure. So my name is Josh Zimmerman. I am the first ever life coach dedicated to creators, creatives, and executives. Josh is an influencer life coach. I found him from a profile written about him in the style section of the New York Times. How do you become a life coach in this sector? Well, I mean, Joe, that's a great question. I, mean, I, I wish more people would, would ask that. Life coaching is not a government-regulated industry, which means that anyone can say they are a life coach, which is good and bad. The bad part about it is anyone can say they're a life coach, which usually just means they like giving advice. So when I say I'm a life coach, a lot of people are like, oh, you're a therapist. And I'm like, nope, definitely, definitely not. This is a bummer because I really want some therapy right about now. So there's a big difference between therapy, consulting, and coaching. Fun fact, Josh's dad is also a life coach, which makes him the first multi-generational life coach that I've ever met. Josh is also accredited by a lot of life coach association things that have a lot of initials after their name. One thing that you need to know while we have this interview is that Josh doesn't use the word influencer. He uses the term creators for creators of content. And he got his start working with YouTube creators who were burnt out. I called him because I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out on being a creator before I'm even an actual creator. But I am a micro-influencer. Don't forget that. I wanted to know how creator burnout even became a thing. Because it's not like creators or brain surgeons or frontline workers or even garbage men. There's a couple different reasons, right? One of the first ones is you're always on. The other piece is, is that as a creator, you are your brand. You are your IP, where most of us get to you know, go home at night and uh, turn the lights off in our office. As a creator, you don't get to do that because you are the office. If you slow down, you don't make as much money, or you start to have other people coming up behind you that are doing more. Um, and so you are on a hamster wheel. And so you just keep going until you're out of fuel and you just sputter to a stop. My job is to ask thought-provoking, powerful questions to help bring awareness and perspective to what you are trying to achieve and how we can help you get there. I told Josh that I'm extremely overwhelmed thinking about all the work that goes into being a creator slash influencer and that I am terrified of putting myself out there. Well, good, you should be. You should be nervous um, because uh, if you've been a successful journalist, you know how to tell a story. And you know that what's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, is the why. Why is someone reading this? Why is someone watching this? Why is someone feeling this way? There's millions upon millions upon millions of people trying to do the same thing as you. So the question is, what makes you so special? I don't know. Well, you sound like some of my clients, Joe. Well, here's the thing, is that it takes an extremely, extremely strong person with thick skin 
to be aware of and understand everything that goes into creating content. Now, I don't want to talk you off any ledge um, because I want I would love for you to experience what it's like. But I, I always say, you know, like if you're not having fun doing it, stop doing it. I'm not having fun. And I don't know if that's fair or not, but I'm not having fun. And in fact, doing this, trying to make a job out of Instagram has made me despise Instagram a little. I don't even want to scroll anymore. But maybe I'm not having fun because I feel like I'm not good at this. And it feels terrible to be bad at something. That photo shoot took days of planning, hours shooting, hours going through the photos and editing them with Andrea. I spent nearly a grand on it. And now I am going to break some kind of influencer code. I'm going to talk about money. I'm going to tell you exactly how much I made on that matching jammies photo shoot. You ready for this? Zero dollars. The specific Hannah Anderson jammies that we wore in that shoot, they weren't commissionable anymore. So I couldn't link to them. I went through the pictures and nothing else really worked. They were adorable, but not shoppable. My kids did not cooperate at all in that photo shoot, which is the story of life with kids. Nothing goes to plan. I don't see how this is sustainable. I am $900 in the hole. I cannot afford to keep buying expensive products. That photo shoot wiped me out financially and emotionally. I do not have the energy to do that again. And more than that, my family is not into it. They are not having fun. And they're not alone. My mom is an influencer. I am sick of being a part of it. If there is no consent that can be chased in this equation, then can we make an ethical decision at all? That to me seems like a truly intractable problem when speaking about kids. I was about eight years old when my mom started her blog, and I'm 26 years old now. It's still something that I am recovering from. Next week, let's talk about the kids, the adorable children who make this industry possible. What is all of this doing to the children? Under the Influence is reported and hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our story editor is Glynis McNichol. Emily Marinoff is our producer. Production assistance from Mary Dew. Sound design by Emily Marinoff and Jessica Kreinchich. Our theme and additional music was composed by Jessica Kreinchich. Mixing done by Jackie Huntington. Additional research conducted by Jocelyn Sears. Julian Weller is our consulting producer. Manga Shatikador is our executive producer. Thank you, thank you to Andrea Tipriani for spending so much time with my family, taking a lot of photos, and also just for being a wonderful person to hang around with. Thank you to my husband, Nick Astor, for taking those photos with me, for putting up with me, for not divorcing me. Last but not least, special thanks to Anna Stump for being the voice of the one and only Susan Sontag. But there's also only one and only Anna Stump. Love her.